welcome to episode 175 of the Dance Speak podcast with Freedom. First of all, if you are not familiar with Freedom, F-R-I-I-D-O-M, I would recommend taking a moment and just looking him up because he is one of the best movers I have ever seen and I feel like just knowing that gift, seeing it, is going to give a lot of context for the episode. The reason I'm so excited to have him on is because in this thing called dance, there's so many ways to go about our careers or integrating it into our lives, but not always so many representations of it, right? Beyond like the industry, joining um, uh, an ensemble dance group, and those are great, but what if you want to create something different? What if you're curious about what's beyond there? Or do you love watching dance and want to know what might you not be seeing on social media? So yeah, I'm like super, super hyped for it. Can't wait for you to listen. And one of the topics in this episode is really investing in your dreams and funding your dreams. I learned a lot from it. And on that topic, let's talk about investing in your body, that thing that we have our whole lives. So I have an online on-demand fitness series called Fit From Home and it's for dancers and non-dancers alike. However, it is specifically especially geared towards the dance body and you can do it from anywhere with little or no equipment. And the whole idea is that it's efficient workouts that help strengthen you for your artistry because believe it or not, just dancing is not the way to optimally condition yourself for dance. Think about it. Athletes, they don't only do their sport, they always cross train. Are we doing any less than any other athletes? No, we are not. So check it out. It's in the show notes or you can go to my website, gogalit.com. It's G-O-G-A-L-I-T. Click on the online fitness course. It is super affordable and you will have continued access to the workouts which I lead. So you're doing them with me and you can always hit me up with questions about it. Hit me up, Instagram at gogalit, G-O-G-A-L-I-T. And if you're not following the podcast on IG where we announce episodes and share some visuals from the episode, make sure you're doing so at Dance Speak Podcast. Now, without any further ado, the episode. Hey guys, my name is Khalid Friedlander. I've worn many hats in the dance world over the last 15 plus years and have created Dance Speak as a platform for people in the dance industry to share their stories and blueprints for success. So listen up and get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and get personal with the people behind the movements you love. So freedom, where does the the two I spelling of freedom come from? So freedom with the two eyes, there's a duality there. So when I look at the two eyes, I kind of see two people, right? So when you look at the two eyes, like in a sentence, there's a head and a body, right? And the duality that I made makes sense for me so it means different things, whoever's viewing it. So to me, there's a duality between freedom and anarchy is the other side of myself. I also talked to my parents when I was young. I said, I felt like I was two people. Mm-hmm. And my parents told me that I could have been a twin in the womb. So I was like, wow, I always felt like I had a twin, but I didn't know if I did or not. And then I thought I was special at the fact that I thought I had a twin, but actually most of us are actually born possible twins in the womb. It's just the other one never develops or something like that. Read it, read about it. I'm not a scientist, but something, something to that effect where like you absorb the other one or something like that. I forget what that, that, mm-hmm. the name of that's caused. But yeah, that, that could kind of explain maybe in an esoterical way, the duality between a lot of us that we have this always feeling that there's multiple, but actually freedom, nothing really cool about how the name actually came about too. When I was a kid, I used to make music. And so the freedom 
came from the music from the they may take your legs but they'll never take your freedom <laughs> so originally my name was jay free and before that originally my name was merc e and crump crazy right because i came from crump originally so and then like your friends do they call you freedom or does everyone yes. call you freedom what's your preference some people call me by my, my, my real name, Darrell. Some people say Darrellio. I know it sounds stupid. It doesn't Some people at all. say. My best friend growing up called me Galizimo. And whenever Galizimo. she says it, yeah, I just like, yeah. my heart warms. I know because <laughs> it's only a few people that you say, okay, yeah, you just say that. If somebody else knows to call me that, I'm just tickled by it. Oh, I love yeah. that. Other people call me Jay Free as well, which is my original name. So if you know the name or if I tell you and you want to be funny, some people say Jay Free. Like one of my friends, I call her up and she goes, hey, Jay Free. And I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> what doing today. Yeah. So what are the different hats that you wear? Like you obviously have movement, composition, dancing, choreographing. You curate events music, visual arts, fine arts, like what are, mm -hmm. what are your different hats also so the listener can be present to the scope? I would say my different hats that I tapped into would be the movement composer, the director, like the creative director, if I were to go in a broad scope, but this movement composer, I uh, orchestrate a symphony of movers, right, and myself. So I would feel myself as like a conductor and whenever I bring dancers into my work, I become more of a composer rather than a choreographer. Right. I've become more of a composer of a symphony of people who already have their artistry together. They're just kind of following the song structure that I made for the day. And then I also have choreographer. I also do choreography. Right. So I kind of split the terms whenever I want to talk to someone personally. Uh, movement director. I love to help people understand their movement, even for people who never dance a day in their life. Sound design. I have a degree in sound design as well. What is sound design? Let's say when you're composing music, you have someone who's like a audio engineer, mm -hmm. and they go in and they engineer the audio sound. You have someone who is the composer, like someone who composes the film, right? Or composes a piece of music. You have the artist, right? Someone who's singing, the producer. There's different names, like producer and composer kind of go hand in hand in some way. But um, you have all these little terminologies. But sound design is where I'm actually designing the sound, right? So for instance, like, if you see a movie, you hear the horse tracks, right? the horse going across the screen. Sometimes there's someone literally with hooves in sand uh -huh. making the noise, right? And they're creating the sound, right? But also sound design. There's some musicians that are, I would say, more sound designers than just musicians. Like they do music, but you can tell by how, like how you, you feel when you're hearing the sounds bouncing from your ears. You hear like it's coming from behind you, in front of you, and they design the sound to where it's like made from them, right? So when you're designing, think of it like the making art, you're making the sound, right? It's super high so, level. Yeah, so That's it's a little amazing. different. Yeah. How did dance, comp dance composition, sorry, movement composer, <laughs> movement composer, how did that come to you? Well, I started a dance style called Epic, um, and I started the dance style based from my beginning base dance style, Crump. Mm -hmm. And so I used to crump as a kid. I still crump now. But as I was crumping, people would say, hey, Freedom, you're not actually crumping. They, sometimes they would say, Freedom, you're doing something different. Even though I think I was crumping to, to what they would say I was crumping, I would crump to like theatrical scores, I would crump to uh, music, uh, soundscapes and things like that in a battle, right? So it'd be like, mm -hmm. 
Freedom, you didn't win the battle. I'm like, why? Uh, even though everybody's screaming and running around the room, I was like, you didn't win. I'm like, why? They go, well, it was too artistic. It was too, and I was like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, that's the whole yeah. point. We're supposed to go above and beyond. And so I became a storyteller in the crump arena uh, when no one was doing that. And so I just took that and I said, you know what? I'm going to dive deeper into this. And then I started forming, I started looking at other dance styles and looking at other movement capabilities, especially like a lot of sign language and different like uh, movement language and tried to put it into my dance in a way to where my crump started growing into becoming more expressive and more me, right? And then I started dancing to these orchestral soundscapes and all these scores and learning how to hit each beat, even if learning how to move within a score, even if it, the score doesn't make sense, right? So some sound scores, they, they go, and then the classical music is like, like, so learning, so people, it's hard for people to dance to that because it's so much. And so they just be abstract with it, right? Mm-hmm. But me, I said, no, I don't want to be abstract. I want to hit each, even if I didn't know it, I want to be able to hit it. So I had to learn that style of music until now, you could put on that music and they'd be like, Freedom, how'd you know? And I'd be like, I, this, is what I, this is what I do. I study this, right? Uh, and so this epic style was born and I made it to where it was so undeniable that like you couldn't say I wasn't doing another thing, right? And so I just really went into that and started really breathing into that. And so Movement Composer came to mind because when I was doing these shows to showcase this epic dance style, I started feeling like, okay, maybe I'm not actually choreographing. Even when I wasn't necessarily choreographing, I felt like I was more composing people to come in. So I'm a movement. I was I, I kind of stray away from the term movement artist sometimes because it's such a wide and everyone's trying to tap into the term movement artist. So I wanted to come up with a different term that describes me a whole lot more effectively, even though I do... I am an artist that creates movement or dance or whatever. I hate I don't hate the terms of just saying terms, right? But so I just said movement composer because sometimes I'm conducting my I'm doing my own thing. So as a composer of a film, I'm doing my own thing. But sometimes I'm getting this movement artist who does this and I can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. But I do understand the feeling of what he's doing as a street dancer, as a hip hop dancer. I do understand I'm in the same world. I can do some of the movements, but I'm not a practitioner. Therefore, I become more of a composer. I'm, over, I'm more of a conductor of this symphony, right? When I do these shows. And so this guy's coming in with contemporary. This guy's coming in with Chicago footwork. I'm not going to be like, oh, here's my Chicago footwork routine. Here's my contemporary team. I would, that, I would be playing myself, right? So then I go, you know what? You do that great, but let's do that here to this song, this way. Let's cater your movements to go from this trajectory to here and then go down and up. Let's give it texture and tone to where now this person who just does this style, they're not just coming in and just doing the style, right? They're doing the style under a certain context of the storyline that we're building, right? So that it becomes more real and raw, right? And, you know, I have a big thing where I don't want to play. I feel like classical music is not just like European, Music obviously was not birthed in Europe, right? So it's like, it's everyone has music, right? And so just the idea of the ensemble, right? So that's why I love the symphony and movie scores moreover, because there's the idea of different races, different instruments, different everything coming together to put together this 
production. And so I try to stray away from like, ooh, the hip hop dancers doing classical music. I, I hate that because I feel like that even does classical music a disservice and it does hip hop dances a disservice sometimes. Like sometimes it's great. It's Hollywood. We're in an industry. This is what it's about. But I try to really show people that that's why I love movie scores because we can change it from not just classical and hip hop dancers dancing the classical, but there's composers like Johan Johansson, whose music is very visceral, very soundscapey, and sometimes not necessarily musical, but more like a world, right? So learning to create differently in those type of worlds changes it from like, oh, these are just these hip hop dancers dancing to this type of music is more like, no, this is our style of dance, right? This is not like something that we kind of made up, you know, or this is something that we just wanted to try and see if it worked. It's like, nah. And then I would be disrespecting all the movement artists who trained me growing up, you know, like Hampton Exorcist Williams, people like uh, Matthew E.T. Gibbs, these amazing movement artists who are peers of mine, but also people who I look up to. So I'd be doing them a disservice by by being like, oh, I'm just going to dance the hip hop to this to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or be it's a choreographer. Yeah. It's an interesting conversation that I I don't always hold the same. My perspective shifts on it with time, mm. with different mm. inspirations, with different jobs. Like it does shift, you know? I don't ever also think that my my position or viewpoint is the truth. I see it as a position or viewpoint, but I did grow up with the conversation, I grew up in New York with like the pioneers with um, in hip hop. They were they were like hip hop dance to hip hop music. It doesn't mean it can't. That's the only way, but like they were like hip hop dance to hip hop music. Come on, I like to play around with things, but I think it's important to know if you're going against the grain. If you you know what I mean. Um, and to that, yeah. I will say I will say to that, and that's why I think it's really important to note. That's why we a lot of people use the movement artist term instead mm-hmm. of saying I'm doing hip hop today, right? So I learned hip hop dance. And so that's another reason why I won't say what I'm doing is crump, right? Because if I say that, the crump is a very specific thing, right? If you go to a crump circle and like even as a person who does my style and I like epic, when I get to a crump circle, I crump. Right. I've seen you crump. Right. You're, you're <laughs> yeah. one of the best movers I've ever seen. I'm so serious. Oh, thank I you, seeing you at Blessings. ML. Yeah. Thank you. Blessings. I remember seeing you at ML at um a freestyle event like really oh, long blessings. time ago. And I was like, who is this? Oh, like, hey, yeah, you I have so much that. power. Thank you, you. Um you you from my like my view or story around it, I'm like, it looks like you're channeling something, and I feel like that's the ultimate mm. freedom, no puns intended. <laughs> and that's something that I really would love to be able to do in front of people mm. and it's it's part of my journey not quite there yet yeah oh you could do it tomorrow it's just the you know a lot of you know dance is like a you know and, and then also i would say i have a very i, I teach something called movement philosophy mm-hmm. so i also i also love more over than like what style or like the debate on the styles and stuff i love anatomy right i love to know like what humans do in general you could do any movement. You could do any style of dance that you want. Yeah, you can do any style of dance that you'd like. But it's all about community, right? So it's like if I go to that community, I'll end up starting to do it right because it's like you know you can speak Spanish all day, but it's, you got to go to the community at some point 
to have those conversations or else you just be someone who thinks they know Spanish and you go into a community and they start using slang and different grammar and then you're like, what the heck? That's <laughs> right? me. Right, <laughs> you know? So it's like, to be honest, if, if somebody wants to learn crump, I tell them, just go to the crump session. Then after you go there, then you try it, right? And then when you try it, people congrat you know they will hype you up for no end even if you're doing it horribly right but that feeling in that first initial try makes you that makes you the crumper right and then from there you start building on that try right but i mean you know we, we read this in books a lot now but i love the anatomy of, of dance in general so it'll you, the anatomy, you don't mean the anatomy of the body the anatomy of dance uh anatomy or- anatomy of the body and that, and I would say more philosophy of what it means to be human, right? So there's like, so like for anatomy, like there's only really few movements I could do with my hand, right? Right. You know, and so the way I put together the movements of my hand, the movement of my head, movement of my shoulders, the way I do it creates the style, right? And the music that it's done to creates the style of the anatomy of the body compared to the music, right? And so. Like if I go to one country, the way they'll move their chest is way different than another country. But at the end of the day, they're still going to move this. So what is this, you know? And so I start to learn, you know, if I control this this muscle here, I can hit that pop, that chest pop. But that chest pop is indicative in so many different dance styles, right? And the way I do that chest pop, like really hard, right, or even faster, right, it creates a different tempo change and a different uh, emotion and then to the type of song that I do it to create, you know, and so my, I would say the ability to, I know it sounds crazy, to step outside of the style, to hit the philosophy of it, of the body into a style, then it, it becomes less, because as humans, we create rules, right? And we create boundaries for good reason, right? So that we all don't have chaos, right? But to step outside of the thought of the boundary, right? And know what the body is in general. So now when I know what my body is, when I step into a different style, I automatically will find ways to learn it because I'm, I'm not coming with it from the idea of, oh, I have to do it this way or that way. I'm coming to it with like, okay, I'm learning this culture, which is different, right? And so most people, when they come to learn a dance style, they say, oh, I'm going to learn this dance style. And I'm about to come in here and learn these moves, right? But that's actually the way to, you'll learn the moves and then you'll find the person who does the dance styles, even if it's a kid, horribly beats you in a battle. And you're like, wow, yeah. I, I know all these moves, right? That's where it comes from. Yeah, so the epitome of being, let's say, a colonial, right? And just we're going to go deeper. Like the epitome of colonialism is the act of the just trying to get the 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 land right the move right trying to get just the lay of what it is like oh you have the gold let me have the gold right without knowing what the gold means to that society right they may not look at it the same way so if you go in looking for just the the structure that's why we have all these fires in LA. I know it's crazy but it goes as deep but that's why we have all these fires in LA now because mm-hmm. they didn't know how to control the land you know they they built houses on this pretty much like un like un you can't <laughs> you shouldn't be building houses on these mountains right but they're doing it they did it anyway years ago and now we have this how do you say this uncontrolled like the land is just fighting back right because yeah. there's no maintenance right and so I feel like the same way with dance is like 
totally we have respect for like the styles, right? But the the way to learn these styles or the way to go into these movements is always with the what's the culture, right? So especially with hip hop, especially like your trainers are like with hip hop, they're like saying, you know, hey, you got hip hop, you got dance hip hop, right? I'm gonna do what they told me to do because now I wanna learn their culture, why they feel that way, why they need, why it has to be that way, right? And then from there, I'll learn the culture. Then I'll be able to use it and learn and know how to do it and then be able to learn how to break the rules because now that I learned yeah. their culture, I'm now part of the culture and not, you know, appropriating. And that's always like a thin line, right? But it's never hard if once you see like, oh, I got to just be humble and just, you know, yeah, that's what I would yeah. say. That makes so, perfect sense. Yeah. I feel like you put so eloquently. It's something that I, I work with a lot of kids and teens and I, I share with them. Sometimes I get really passionate. I'm walking, there was like one morning and I was listening. I don't know if I was listening to like not. No, it was Ghostface Killer, Mary J. Blige, <laughs> All That I Got Is You. And I just that song, it, it just it takes you to a place. It has I've used this word before today, but grit in it. And this was a 745 a.m. rehearsal. And I'm just to the kids like what we're doing is a privilege and it comes from something so much deeper than us. And it comes from a lot of folks that are disenfranchised. And here we are having a paycheck around this dance form. The least we can do is learn about where it comes from. And then also I feel like it leaves space for, I'm just reiterating what you're saying, but like when I, I went um, to Europe for a while years ago. And I remember mm. seeing like all the old school hip hop dances killed. And I'm not speaking ill of anyone, okay, my listeners yeah, no. in other places. But what I felt like was, I, I don't know, my theory, maybe it was too far from the soil, but because maybe there wasn't enough of connection of the different generations and where it came from and the innovation in it. So I was like, this is dope that we're doing the running man, but I want to see people finesse it in different ways. Cause like that to mm-hmm. me is an important part of hip hop, like that we don't all look the same unless we need to for a job. Um, and I feel like if people understand better where it comes from and the people that are alive doing it, that are like in the place where it comes from, it just, it lets the dance flourish. It feels good to give. It feels good to give. Um, so perfectly on topic with this episode, we are accepting donations. It is getting more and more pricey to host these episodes online. Yeah, there's all these things that happen behind the scenes that are unavoidable and updating equipment and getting the episodes edited. All that to say, really, really appreciate any and all donations. And it can even just be like $5, $2 to say, hey, I believe in you. Or if you'd like to sponsor an episode, you can reach out directly to us on IG at Dance Speak Podcast. The way to donate, and it takes just two minutes or one minute or 30 seconds, depending on your phone, is go to Venmo or PayPal, and you'll make the donation out to dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com. Now back to the episode. I want to go next into just exploring you, This to me, this very free artist. I think of LA as super industry land, Mm -hmm. which has its ups and its downs and its things. And I'm like, so curious what it's been like for you since you've gotten here. Did you go with an agency? Like, have you done Mm -hmm. a bunch of industry work? You know what I mean? Did you feel at some point like you had to fit a mold? I would say my journey here has been pretty weird and pretty cool. I've done everything from the most artistry art to like, what the heck are you doing, Freedom? (laughs) 
right? So like I've done the bar mitzvahs for like a hundred dollars a piece. I've done uh, music videos, live shows, the whole gauntlet. Only thing I haven't done is like a world tour or a national commercial, believe it or not. But I've had I have like a commercial under my belt, somewhat technically, but I haven't really broken to the really big. When I say the big gig, I would say the gig that is big to people, right? Like the world itself. But I have had a lot of big gigs that I can't even show footage for, right? So like, there's one footage where I did the Geffen Playhouse with Mia Michaels. Uh, I was brought on by Comfort Fadoki. Uh, which is a homie of mine from Dallas. I I played the lead of for like a 10-minute piece where I was Hamilton, and we did a tribute to Lin-Manuel Miranda and Dick Van Dyke. And so I played this character. And so, like, I met Amanda Gorman before she did the poem. I met uh, Jim Carrey. I met Kirsten. I think it was Kirsten Bell. I met everybody. And that night was like so dope to me, but no one could ever see that footage. And like I was like the main dude doing everything. And like I can't. No one recorded it, or no one. At least from what I, I I've never yeah. seen it. Ugh, um, the plate of footage. Getting it, yeah. your footage, yeah. Yeah, I know. Look, I I looked on YouTube if I could find it. And I saw like a trailer for it, so I know it's been recorded in some way, right? But I don't know where it's at. And they probably kept it, or they probably make a documentary out. You know how people do that stuff, so. Yeah. I don't know, but I've done a lot of jobs like that. And then also I learned that I was like, you know, I want to make get myself into the industry. I was like, well, no one's going to let me say, oh, freedom's good unless I say it. Because, you know, when you come with something new, people tell me like, hey, you're going to incur a lot of people just not going to understand it. And it makes sense why people don't understand it, because it's something that is not what I mean by understand is it, like it's just people just don't know what to do with it. Right. Sorry, just real quick. That pisses me off, though, because yeah. what is art? <laughs> any, what's like? What's a art about any? anyway, I remember when I was starting the podcast, I was I was on it. I was on like a first date with someone, mm-hmm. and I was sharing about it. And he's like, "I feel like the world just isn't ready for you, and maybe this." And it's like, "What are you talking about?" I mean, <laughs> I just feel like there's a reason why we're not all meant to have the same vision, and sometimes I you just. I mean, there well, can be more to it, but it's like, come on. If we want to say something to that, we want to say something to that. And But I'll say this to end off that last question. Yeah. <laughs> Live, I, I, went, I did my own shows, been doing that, been doing different cultures, different communities, uh, really meeting the people. I want to dive into that more. <laughs> yeah, I've been really meeting the players who play, that make the money here in L.A., that mm. play the real game of the city itself. So I've been able to be pretty prosperous or like up and coming prosperous in the city itself. What right? does that mean? So is um, it like grants or? Yeah, like grants, knowing who's the people over it, like people, I mean, people's ears in the city, right? So people know that I exist. So people are like, yo, freedom. Like even today, someone was like, I contacted you. I, they contacted me for a photo shoot a long time ago, but they kind of like, it just didn't work out. It just wasn't the right moment, but they heard me through like four of the people someone did a magazine cover on someone did and they're like i had to reach out to you because i hear you you know but i don't have that crazy amount of followers right so they're like who is this guy right and so like uh, every time people find out about me it's kind of like this oh he doesn't have a lot of followers i mean people do follow i have people who definitely my, my engagement shows but i don't have a lot of followers so at first people have that first like 
is he really that guy that people say he is? You know, it's, I know it's really dumb, yeah. but welcome to the world of the new America. Like, if this, if we didn't have social media, I probably would have been done, been somewhere, you know. Long story short, social media has like this, if it's not above this number, then I don't trust it, right? Because people, as humans, we're in a trust basis, right? So yeah. even as me, if I see someone has 500 followers, but they're following like 3,000 people, mm-hmm. I wonder like, why, <laughs> why do they follow so many people? But now I've learned that that's not, I mean, obviously in the last couple of years, I've learned that I should respond to everyone, right? Like it doesn't matter. But that's coming from someone who tries my best daily to see everybody as an equal, right? But I'll be honest to go into your next one, what you're saying next was, I had to realize that as good as people as we say we are as humans, right? Even me included. So I put myself into it. All of us are very selfish, right? Because, and that's not, it's not a horrible thing, but that's what creates. People ask, there's so many problems in the world, right? But we are the, we are the cause of the, of the problems with each other in the world. It doesn't make sense. And so like, and so even if I feel like I'm doing the best that I can, right? You never know me driving my car every day is adding to the global warming, right? I could be so against it, but I'm driving a car that's putting more, you know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. no matter how good I want to be, there's going to be a, a evil that is present, right? That sometimes I'm unaware of. And then no matter how evil I think I'm being or how bad I think I'm being, I'm actually creating a sense of good because I'm learning how to protect myself or like I'm standing up for myself or assertive, right? I'm getting to a point with this, but as humans, we really don't know the good or evil. Now, as a believer, like a Christian, I have a certain philosophy, but as far as like a philosopher and a the- like a person who loves theology of a lot of different religions, when you think about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? You know, I don't think the people who wrote the Bible wrote that for no reason, right? Like we have the knowledge of things that are good and evil. We could talk about the philosophy of the quote. We have the knowledge of it, but we don't really have the understanding of how to apply it. Does that make sense? And so the evil that we do a lot of times, and let's say not even in a a, a religious sense, we take the religion out, but in in a philosophical sense, the evil that we do comes out of just, we're just living, right? We're just kind of doing what we are experiences you know, but we have the knowledge. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do good today. But I end up, I'm with this government official and I'm doing this. But in reality, you are unknowingly infringing upon another community that you have no idea about. And then you go, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna help them out. And then now you're appropriating, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. even to someone who's trying to do good, they end up creating also. So that's why I love a lot of Asian philosophies of finding your center and that calmness and understanding the duality of that, right? I think when someone understands that they can be both good and evil, you can start to operate from a sense of, ah, but I say it all that to say, when it comes to decisions that we make on a daily basis, or like when we say, oh, I want to do some artistic stuff, I always say this to people, but have you noticed that everything artistic looks artistic? Like it looks like it's art. So when you look at your Instagram feed and you go, wow, that's artistic, but it looks like every other art that looks artistic, but 
if you were to put that same art 10 years from now, it wouldn't be that artistic. So even when you go to Echo Park, everybody's supposed to be artists, right? Or have that artist vibe. Oh, that's a neighborhood in L.A. Everyone. Yeah, it's a neighborhood in L.A., right? Hipster, although hipsters not yeah. used anymore. Yeah. But everybody looks like they're doing that art. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, if you go to, I don't know, Beverly Hills and they sold avant-garde and we're yeah. this avant-garde artist, right? Which is another city in L.A. Everyone, everyone looks Hills. <laughs> right, but everyone you never know. But everyone <laughs> looks like they live in Beverly Hills, yeah. right? And so, someone who doesn't look like that is going to be looked at a little differently, right? Yeah. So, people can play the fact that oh, I think differently, and I'm I'm new, or like I got this new idea. But in reality, the new idea is as simple as just doing the exact opposite of what everyone else is doing. So if someone wants to have a new idea and create something revolutionary, just see what everybody else is doing and do the opposite. But be forewarned, people don't take to liking what's new, right? So they take to liking what they know, mixed with a little bit of what's new, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I say you do what you do but make sure you sprinkle it. Even someone who's say, oh yeah, I'm such an artist and I don't care what anyone thinks. They're probably right, right? They're totally right. Like they may be a genius within their mind, but they're still operating in the thing that people are used to. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I can be going by my own book, got my own swag, all this stuff. I don't care about what nobody thinks, da-da-da-da. I hustle to get mine, da-da-da-da. I'm making da-da-da. But then you sound like everybody, you know what I mean? It's the same thing everybody else is saying, right? But you just do it better. And so people gravitate to that, to you. So what I'm hearing is that, you know, in order for it to be more palatable, like sprinkle in what you do that's innovative, but make sure it's still on track with what people can even understand and perceive. That, or you could just flip the middle finger up to people uh, and just do you yeah. and then eventually the pendulum will switch your way right yeah but you got to stay in that place long enough and and know what you're doing long enough is cool to stay there so that when the pendulum shifts they go oh he's oh he's been doing this man i remember when freedom was you know that that bs <laughs> you know i, I remember what i see you know <laughs> it takes so many years sometimes yeah i like i really thought that it didn't but it takes so many years for people to start knowing you as this like new sensation for that thing you've been doing for a long time. Mm-hmm. And for, I feel like that also that time puts in trust and even watching some dancers, I'm sure you have as well, or crews like really blow up. There was so much time when they were putting in work, when they didn't have the followers and stuff and they yeah. just made consistent and persistent. And so I, and I want to I want to give a shout out also because it was David Fonseca because I've been wanting to interview for a long time hey, and I was waiting hey. for the time that felt like yeah he just he he DM me with like a bunch of like questions and want to knows and I, I just like I just want you to know that you inspire a lot of people and there are you know we never know in those those 5,000, 6,000 followers though, like you said, you have high engagement, how many people were impacting who really want to know more. And I'm inspired because again, I'm not, I, I don't work well as mainstream. And maybe that's like a story I have, but I've always, me being myself, people usually think is a little bit weird. So I'm like, okay, that's my vein. Got it. Um, so I'm always looking at other people who are not going straight mainstream. I think it's more interesting and yeah, I'm just going in circles, but anywho, 
I want to know about the shows that you produce, maybe focusing on one that you're creating now, because I know it takes so much to produce a piece of work and also to produce an event. And this is something you've been doing for a while now and successfully. Oh, thank you. To that, I'll say I have, I think you know, I talked about the DCA. I have a grant with a couple of other choreographers to do a piece. What's the DCA? It's the Dance Cultural. Let me make sure. I don't want to butcher the name, you no, know, it's all and be like, oh, yeah, I know this is <laughs> the Department of Cultural Affairs. They have like a, a partnership with Lamert. And so I am. Park? Yeah. And so I'm trying to. You're uh, in L.A., y'all. It's heavily uh, featured in um in Insecure. Oh, really? oh, yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. Issa Rae, that's her stomping grounds, you know, Inglewood, all that good jazz. Uh, I have that piece coming up. I have another piece. I just got a grant to do something at Waco Theater. Shh, don't tell nobody, but now people are going to know. <laughs> but I got a grant to do something at Waco Theater, which is cool. So I'm really processing that and going to create a, a dope piece in that theater. Uh, if you guys know whoever, y'all just find it out. If y'all know where that theater is at and where, where it is. Most of my shows that I did this year were part of a bigger overall show called Los Angeles. And so I'm going to be doing a show called Los Angeles at the beginning of the year. Uh, and this is more of a movement installation piece, right? And so you'll be the only one who knows like in a podcast format, I would say. Uh, but I'm going to do a piece uh, where I'm going to use the entire city, right? So I won't say too much about it, but uh, I'll have a lot of dancers around the city to do like an experimental piece throughout the city. And I've been doing shows to prime people for that moment, meaning that I've been going to different communities and putting a piece in that community. And so and is it so, like people know to attend or is it like people are walking down the street and. So you'll see. Yeah. If you, whenever it happens. Uh, closer to time, I'll start to like put out promo and stuff. But it's my way of saying, you know what, if if certain, you know, people who are like the people who know what I'm doing and what I'm up to, they they follow that, right? Those people, uh, the people who know what I'm doing, they follow that. But the people who, who don't know, the people who are in the city, everyday people, there's so many different aspects of people. I was like, what can I do to really like say F it and just should like be like everybody's gonna know what the heck this is about right this whole epic journey these dance movement artists everyone's gonna know how do i do that well i'm gonna turn the city of la into an art installation right and it's gonna take a lot it's actually a huge effort and it's gonna take a lot for me and the dancers who do it with me i'm gonna have a whole multicultural cast so i'm talking about very detailed right because i've been working with like the armenian community i'm working with the ethiopian community so i really want to go into countries that are out here like they have you know in la if you guys don't know there's like uh, different subsections right and each subsection has like you have like korea town you have like little tokyo right you have all these different you have filipino town you have all these different subsections right and i've been trying to appeal to each one and learn that like going into that culture learning them enough to see okay who could who's the one dancer from this community that can speak to this deck of kind of kind of show up right so i've been Wait, learning how do you do that is it movement. like through your own network of dancers or how I just do you do that going like we did a show you with go to a uh, restaurant and you're like okay, yeah that look or just or just trying to find people who are the community big players in the community and just say hey instead of me saying oh 
I'm going to do this in your community. I go, what would your community like? And I would love to spotlight that. And so, like, for one instance, we did a show called Yuri Kochiyama, and we called it Yuri Kochiyama on the Roses That Grew From The Concrete. And Yuri Kochiyama is a powerful uh, Japanese-American figure who lived here, who was in the concentration camps, uh, when uh, the internment camps, or however you want to call it, and I think it was the 40s. And she was a very prominent uh, civil rights activist, and I had to learn do a lot of research on her. And so instead of let me speaking to the community and me speaking from the community, I let her words, right, and use dancers who could emote that, right, in her words. And the way I put together the sound and the movement composition, you see what I'm saying? The way I put it together, we create a show where people can learn about this person. I'm still learning more, right, about this person. And so I learn, I go to these communities to learn at least about one person. And from that, I grow connections and networks. To, and then now I have people who want to help me, who like uh, the late, one of the ladies from that community, her name was Nobuko Miyamoto. And she was on The King and I when she was a kid. And she was one of the dancers on West Side Story from the original film. Wow. Right. And so she's older now, but she was she's an activist. She was like with the Black Panther Party, knew, knew Tupac and everybody like as he was a kid. So it's like she saw me and she's a community, pivotal community member in the little Tokyo community community. And so I'm meeting people like her in all these different communities who are not just like just people who have money. Right. These are people who have respect. Right. And putting and kind of bringing the city of L.A. together, because I believe that if you can bring the city of L.A. together, you can you can bring the world together because we have every culture here. But the problem with trying to bring the world together is that people can create beef within their own. South Central L.A. has so much beef just within a block. Right. So, like, you can only imagine on a country scale, you know, and no matter who's right or wrong. As humans, we love beef, right? <laughs> there's something, there's always like a like a fight, right? And that's not a horrible thing because other people impose that on us, right? But then sometimes from that op- opposition on us, we also create that same, right? So it's like, it's kind of like, are you doing this to me? Like, ah, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so it creates, and then they're like, then their kids don't know the story, right? They don't know that a hundred years ago, uh this this uh dictator did this this person all they know is all they know is that their side is is losing right and so they're like now they feel like they have to fight and they have no idea why right most people who fight in south central la don't even know right why they're fighting each other right it's just innate it's in my body it's in my like yo he looks like this so i'm really that's how humans are and so i believe it that I believe I used to, as a kid, I used to want to save the world, but then I realized that the world can't be saved so much as individual people can have the tools to save themselves, right? And so we can give people the tools. And so that's what I hope to accomplish is to show all these different cultures for this piece in January, but also to uh, put in like little tools like little tidbits that people can when they see it they go i never thought about that right and then they can choose themselves to make a different choice in their life or they can go back to doing whatever they were doing just say wow it was a great art piece 
and walk off you know i think that's so dope especially it's crazy because yesterday there's been like so much synchronicity lately Mm -hmm. and yesterday i was talking to my boyfriend we were talking about i was like i love anthropology and he was like Mm -hmm. Yeah, I grew up where there's a debate about it because it can be like somebody going into the community and using their perspective instead of having the community speak for itself. And I was like, ooh, yeah, <laughs> hmm, what are some solutions to this? And so it's really cool to hear like how you're doing it. And I feel like art is a wonderful way to bridge gaps and teach people about stuff. Even right now, like just seeing the variety that Netflix has, I'm not saying they're doing it perfectly, but they're doing it of tons of different, now there's more representation. And it's like, yeah, through entertainment and art, we can learn more, be more interested, and then it can have a bigger effect. With the grants, I love hearing about it because something I rant and rave about and like sit back and complain with other people about is like, well, we got real broad. In Europe, you know, there's tons of grants and funding for the arts, but here we're just left to the streets, like to the Mm. dust, nobody cares. But it sounds like, there might be things that we don't know about. Do you care to elaborate on any resources? And then I'd love to know, do you get a grant writer? Have you been doing it? Um, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. First I did it with my own money. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) First I did it with my own money. You did your pieces. Yeah, my pieces with my own money. So I just started, I had to say, you know what? No one's going to help. No one's coming. I I like this. I, I think maybe it's because, you know, I'm a spiritual person, but maybe it's because of when I was born. Maybe it was who I was born to. Mm-hmm. I don't freaking know. I have this weird guy inside of me that's like nobody's. That just like imagine like a film. I always I'm in a film perpetually in this film, and in the film, this guy's like saying, "No one's coming for you, free." <laughs> you know. Now you gotta get out the hole yourself, right? And so, I just do everything from scratch, like from hand, and I kind of I. I realized that I had to become okay with everyone's always like my art has to be this way, right? I had to okay become okay with the I don't know of the art, right? So I'll say this is what I want to do. I'm gonna do this piece, and then people will drop out the piece, right? And then based off of that, I'll start to create based off of the dropouts of the piece, and then the energy of how I feel towards the show will start to become how I create the music or how I create the the transition of the piece. So I show the show, but I also show the feeling in the show of why, how much it took me to even make this show in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. And so people always cry at the end of the show because they're like, wow, I felt it. I I don't know what it was, right? And I go, it was the fact that this is really happening, right? This is what I'm showing you right now is we just press play and we're still doing the same life, right? (laughs) And still, I'm just pressing play and I'm still talking to you over the Zoom, right? And so that is the idea. So people feel like, wow, they feel very much connected to it because that's how our lives feel. But then as far as grants, sorry to go that way, because that's just, you know, I did it by myself. People are surprised most of the time. But when I do have someone like like somebody invest in me, right? So a beautiful uh, art curator, amazing businessman, his name is Michael K, artist, a phenomenal man in um, uh, Little Armenia. Uh, no, no, he's in Glendale, but he uh, is Armenian, um, and he gave me an investment, right? He put in money to help me do a show, not even thinking it's going to do anything, you know, get anything back, right? So he invested in me to do a production, like the grant with Waco, like uh, other grants that I've gotten, or like it's all because someone, exactly, someone themselves say, you know what? 
this crazy man is just crazy enough to do it. We're going to put some money in it. And then one thing I also learned how to get money is like, if you, if you do something for a community, so artists, we like to do stuff for ourselves. Right. And, and you will only get, if you want to do it for yourself, you're going to have to go through all the hard work to try to figure it out. Cause it's you. Right. And maybe you'll definitely get blessed and then something will come along to help you do more of it. But if you do it with and collaboration with other people and learn how to make your art not cater to other people, but learn how to have your art, yeah, serve, yeah, serve other people, they will pay for it. They, they will say, you know what, Freedom, I liked it. They're like, I didn't even know you even knew about this guy in our community. You're, or I didn't even know you knew about this, this theme. So you know what? Do whatever you want. You know, if it's about this theme, do whatever you want. And so I create, and sometimes I have another show in mind but if I have to do a piece over this person, I put that show I had in mind into it. So I kind of mask it and put their veil over it. So they get what they need, right? But at the same time, I just got a whole work paid for to put on this work and choreography. Sometimes I want to show just certain choreography that I have. I could put it within this piece and it makes sense to have it in that piece. And so people are like, yo, where's a grant writer? I said, me, my homie Swizzy, uh, Stephen Banks is one of my closest homies that helps me out to do these shows. Mode as well. Uh, Mode is a phenomenal marketer. They are uh, super amazing. Um, I have uh, Epic, people who do the style of Epic, like my homie Malik Manister and uh, Tay White, Kaylin Rice, the list goes on, D-Pain, Dustin Payne, the list goes on and on, but they know the style, they know how to do it. So it's like, we just got a, a group of people. It's not even like a, people go, what's your company's name? And I'm like, no, it's not that. It's like, With, it's not even that. It's like, a, it's yeah, just like no. people who are artists. Where I'm, I'm, I'm the, I would say I'm the artist of the moment because they're all artists, right? I'm the artist of the moment, and they go, Freedom, what door are we breaking down today? And I say, Ooh. this one. You know, and then they follow me into, into that battle, right? Or then if they have something, I'll either follow them into battle, but since I'm a leader myself, I'll, I'll send them the tools to help them fight that battle, right? So it's really, for me as an artist, it's like, I see a door and I'm like, I can't break that door down myself. So I find other people who can help me break that door down with me, you know? Amazing. And so, but it's, but it's hard, you know, we out here, you know, right. cause the industry is a certain monster. You know? Yeah. I just, I decided at a certain point, I was like, the way that I want to live this life is dance. Cause I love it. Be a bit of a hippie about it and <laughs> let the opportunities come to me, you know, create my own business, like do my business do my teaching, you know, do those things that I love to do and then dance how I want to and then see what happens. But it just doesn't feel right for me to try to fit a mold. I've tried before. It just doesn't feel mm. good to my soul. I don't want to spend one day doing that. I can cater mm. somewhat, but so I have two questions that I, I think I will not be the, I, I think more will benefit than just me, but I'm asking. <laughs> so one is a choreographer and creative. I love creating pieces on dancers. I love doing it. I get really shy sometimes to ask because I'm like, well, everyone's busy and it's like not paid and but I want to just create on them. Do you have any advice about, and this could be for dancers asking their friends, like if you don't have a set crew, ways to make the ask or a mentality that you have that helps with that? I would say I, would say I have a list of ideas that I haven't done yet because I need 100 people to do it, right? What if it's like and one so, to five people? Oh, Exactly, yeah, no, but I was saying that to say like, there's ideas I would like to do, 
that I table because I don't have, so there's certain stuff that's really artistic that I really want to do that I just won't do it until I have the right tools to do it. But when I want to do a small thing, I think for me, because I have so much or a certain, you know, I say this with like as least ego as possible, but because I have a certain respect in the freestyle community and then in the dance community, if you, especially if you know who I am, people go, you know, freedom's not going to do me dirty, right? <laughs> so that's one thing I really would not, I never want to do, right? And anybody who thinks I would ever do dirty, which I don't know, but I would never, you know what I mean? I would, I would do me dirty before I did someone else dirty, right? So like, just, just when you have that, that reputation, right, with people, that rapport with people, people want to do things for you, especially when you take care of them, right? So I remember people when they do something for me. And so when there's money on the line and I make sure I negotiate the, the rate that people deserve, right? Mm -hmm. And so whenever I'm choreographing for a music video, I remember that person and I say, hey, here's this much money you available and they're like yo freedom really bro i'm like yeah seriously right you did that for me to create this piece i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best so most people create these pieces and they're like wow thank everybody for doing it yo we're going up for here and when i when i get to where this point i got y'all and then next thing you know they're working with like the most famous dancers of all time and you just out like dang bro man you don't remember what i did all you know what i mean yeah. he changed up you know so i try to I try to bring in both, right? So I try to bring in those who I don't know, professional or people who are just coming in, but then I also bring my people, right? Mm -hmm. And so whenever you're choreographing your own work, bring in your people who, who even if you don't believe that they could do it, help them do it. You know, I remember when I was, I was like, these people can't be epic like me. They don't crump. They over here doing contemporary, all this stuff, but they've become the best people to do the style, right? They become the best people to do these finger rolls and right, all this stuff are people who don't do a lick of hip hop or they don't do a lick of crump, right? Or they don't, any style that I've trained under, some people don't have the same as the other person, right? But there's a core thing that that core thing comes from you, the artist, right? From me, it comes from you uh, on the couch, right? You on the couch, it's like a, my relationship <clears throat> to sitting on the sofa has been a lifelong ever since I was a teenager. So that just made me smile. Ah, I love like that. Whether it's Netflixing or doing a podcast interview, somehow the couch is a character in my life. Come on, couch. You should put it on a t-shirt. But uh, see, so yeah, I'm like, hey, come on, uh, couch is a character. Like, this is how creativity works. But long story short, you want to get people to do your stuff, be kind to people, show face, and then also get people who you don't think could deserve it. And if you don't think that they're hitting the choreography right or they're killing it, it's not them, it's you, right? Ooh. And so, like, that is the biggest thing. If you don't know it, I've been, I'm training myself every day and every moment to learn how to choreograph people who've never danced and who are nervous about dancing. Right. Because if I could do that on them, I could take anybody. Right. You know, so I, I ra I'd rather sometimes people who don't know anything about dance because then they don't have the ego that comes into it. So now I, sometimes yeah. I'd rather someone who's not a professional dancer. I have one more question. Sure. Yay. I'm really curious as someone who's like you really invested and continue to invest in your vision. Something that I grapple with is actually the podcast. Like I've been doing it for six years and things keep on getting more expensive and I come out of pocket for almost everything. And I know that it's a shift in mindset that I need because 
this will get at some point monetized. And also like, I don't do it for that. You know what I mean? Like, I know this is in my purpose. So do you have any tips in the direction of a mind, like anything that you would suggest? Because it's not empowering for me to feel like, oh, you know, another $300 or another 50 bucks or another piece of equipment, you know? I would say the Tyler Creator interview I sent to you, but he said something really powerful in the interview. It's like a certain part. He actually didn't say a lot of inspirational things on the interview. It's just like a certain part. So hopefully you'll know when that part comes where I can find the clip. I'll send you two books, right? That really helped me, you know, just just free flow. Maybe you could put it on, maybe people can read the books. I love audio books, by the way. Me too. But, and I have a couple of credits that I haven't used with Audible. Oh, sweet. Well, yeah. let's get it because Audible will be on point. Yeah. But uh, long story short, one, I don't know what it is because I'm not you, but I would say that even for myself, like I said, that temperance thing, when I said it this weekend, is really powerful. God is really powerful for that because our ability to, to do the opposite of what we think we're supposed to do it is the saving grace. But once you get to the point of doing the opposite of what you think you usually should do, it's going to feel really weird because most of the time people teach us to go with that gut feeling, right? But that the gut feeling is really just only what you know. So to do the opposite and to try something crazy. Well, opposite would be like not podcasting and or, oh no 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 not even that like you still pot but what would you do while pot what did what would you usually do while pot and this is a tougher question this yeah, is only for you i wouldn't know this like i said i wouldn't know what it is but it's a personal like and it's not really the pot don't even think about the podcast right it goes into the podcast but there's there's something within us right two yeah. i'll say three but two there's outside forces that are you cannot shake these forces time who you are as a person in the time that you're existing is a lot the factor of just being here like life is abrasive you know as a believer i'm not a sensationalist person that go everything will come to you and life is going to be great and the secret is just believing it i think that's total that's not total bs but i feel like that's just a lot, right? That That is, there's some things you just don't know. You can walk outside, God forbid, and your leg, you know, someone like hits you in the leg. You did not purpose that, right? Yeah. But there was something else that led up to that moment, but you had nothing to do with that. And now you have to deal with that, right? Now you have to deal with your leg being hurt now, right? And so like that also, you remember, that's also a factor in life. Yeah. And then three, you know, there's this ability like, I like that book, The Soto Art of Not Giving an F, right? It's pretty yeah, cool. Listen to it. it but I, I think listening to that book, the way you listen to it is also important. So some people, when I listen to it the first time, I got a different thing. When I listen to it the second time years later, I understood a more mature thing about it. You see what I'm saying? So like most people read it and they go, yeah, I don't give a, you know, and that's also out of control, right? <laughs> then you actually give a F because you're going around saying, I don't give a F. So you do give a F because you feel like that's what you got to do, right? You know, the book actually, so, I wasn't bananas about it, but I'm the only one that knows that had that experience and maybe it's time for a uh, lesson. Sorry, keep going, keep going. Yeah, no, no, no. And then the third thing is, I'm going to speak to you. Mm -hmm. And this is the other thing I don't know. It's a catalyst that I don't know is that you as you, there is a level, it kind of relates to the first thing I said, but the way I'm saying it now is a little different. You as the self, 
must come to a point to when you say yes and no, right? No. I'm telling you, there's something that you do when we're off this camera. There's a part of you that you know that you are, that you struggle with, right? We all have a thing. And this is a thorn in your side or however you want to say it. But this thing, this weight or this idea of self, the, the judo with this thing, right? The way you combat this, whether it's through meditation, stillness, whether it's through actual fighting, whether it's through whatever, the way you grapple with this idea changes things, right? The way you grapple with this motion twists your life, right? Mm -hmm. I said no to something recently, or I found a way to say no effectively to a thing. Mm -hmm. And my stress that I felt about that thing for a week just went away. But that's only because I said no even though it was hard. And that person said, oh my God, I'm so glad you said that. And I was like, what? Right? But yeah. in my mind, I'm grappling with something that is the deepest thing to me, but to someone else, it's actually what I should have said off jump. Yeah. It's actually, and so it's not just what we say to people, but it's also what we do when we wake up. Like what we do, how we think. And so that's a, the last thing I would say is your ability to get uncomfortable is the last thing. And that's the most important one is, get uncomfortable. And the reason why people say freedom, how do you do that shit? I get uncomfortable. Sometimes during the event, I'll do the whole, I'll do everything myself, everything. But sometimes I have to be uncomfortable with saying, I'm going to let these five people get these chairs, even though I don't think they're capable of going to get those. You know what I mean? I, yeah. So the way I'm uncomfortable is changes depending on the situation, but you got to be able to say, Ooh, this may be wrong but I'm going to try it anyway. And I think that's the beauty of Kanye West and Jay-Z and all these people people look up to is like Kanye West, people can call him crazy all day. But last thing, I just have to say this and then I'm done with this, but Kanye West, I don't care what anybody says, this man is off his rocker. This man is wild. This man is crazy. I don't care whatever word, this man is off his rocker. But the core of what this man is, right? The way he sees decision-making, right? Makes him to where you hate him one day and you love him the next, right? Because he, I don't know if he understands it. I don't think he understands. I think his, he lives it, but I don't think he fully understands the anatomy that he was born as, right? This man understands that if I say this, People will think this, but I can't care what they think about that. I just have to. So he's a little psychotic, right? Yeah. He kind of doesn't care about what people think. And so we, if you're empathetic, if you have emotion, if you care about what people think, or if you feel that way, there's an uncomfortability with saying, you know what? I'm going to do this thing. And I think people are going to hate it, but I got to try it. I'll say this one thing. I made this jacket the other day that has like, the word like has like movement composer, movement artist, got my QR code and like my my tag information on the bottom of his jacket. And it pretty much looks almost needy. And I was like, oh, it's going to be too needy for me to buy a jacket and put all the stuff on the back. It's got my QR code. People can scan it. Okay. It has movement. It has movement artists. Uh, I posted this. I had like 700 people look at it on, a, on my feed uh -huh. and I had like 
maybe 40 messages of people like, yo, bro, that's crazy. I had people like it. And I didn't even post it. I just put it on my story, right? It is one photo on my story. And then I can't tell you how many people were like, yo, bro, can I steal that from you? Like, you know what I mean? But it took me everything. It seems really dumb, but it took me everything in my, my mind to make that jacket, right? Yeah. And then now all these people want a piece of that jacket. I'm like, it's just the jacket. And then even when I go to the club and take photos, someone's like, yo, turn around. I need to scan your QR code on your jacket. I was like, what the fudge? <laughs> I was like, it was that easy. I was supposed to buy this jacket two years ago. You know what I'm saying? And so like, think about how much of a setback we set ourselves back when we don't want to get uncomfortable if we didn't have enough money to do it or Da, 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 da. Even if you have enough money, change the the structure to where it could be free to do what you just did. I don't know. Yeah. All right. That's my thoughts on that. Thank you. So I feel actually super energized and thank you. And even as I'm yeah. saying it, this is something that I know is coming out of having conversation with you and getting out of my head. There's mm. three things that came to mind already. Number one, I'm continuously blessed with work. Yeah. And it pays well. Like that's been happening. So sometimes yeah. it's not direct, but I do have. I don't want to talk anyone out of making a donation to the podcast, but no. like, thank God. Right. And yeah. then number two, I receive a huge benefit. Even if like, I promise, like, I don't only do this for me, but each person I sit down with, including you, I have a powerful experience and I learned a lot. I learn a lot from, and then number three, I've been really fortunate, including my guests, like people are willing to donate their time. And almost always there's at least one person who's perfectly matched to be on the team who's down to help who's down to intern donate their time their expertise and be passionate about it and so and I'm gonna add a fourth thing I have not been bold enough and put in a bunch of time and made the asks and gotten uncomfortable so I'm also realizing as I'm saying it like you're saying things and then I have these thought bubbles and so thank you that wouldn't have happened without the space and I'd love to know Usually, okay, like quick rapid fire. It'll include what's coming up. I'm so curious. What's like one of uh, most impactful performance that you've seen that inspired you? Hmm. I say A because B would be a tough, too, maybe too tough to answer quickly. I know, right? What what was the most most of my whole life? Oh my God. Like one. Like I remember seeing Desmond Richardson do a solo. I think it was in LA years ago and I cried. And, and dance, like dance performance? Yeah, dance performance. I would, I would have to say just because it, it inspired me to, to chart my own path. Uh, my, uh, one of the big homies from Dallas, his name is Hampton Exorcist Williams. It wasn't like one thing he did, but I remember like when we used to session, it was just the way that he emoted. He, 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 he said it was okay to, to move the way you wanted to move. I think that was the most, when I say impactful, I would say that's the most impactful is just him. Him dancing is like the most impactful whenever, when I needed that as a kid. Yeah. Amazing. Do you have any daily or weekly rituals, routines that you feel really help with your creativity and balance? If I feel like crazy, I'll go for a run. If I feel out of my mind, I'll go for a run. Uh, or two, I'll get sit in the shower and just let the water run over me. I won't even meditate. I'll just be like this. I just sit there and just let it go for until my mind was clear and usually I forget about what I thought about or I just go to sleep I'd be like F it I ain't got no money I don't have no job that's what I used to do just go to sleep and then I wake up and somehow I get an idea or I get a call you know it's all you know so sometimes you you psych yourself out (laughs) 
what's um a dream tour that you'd want to go on? So something com- or mm. something com- in the commercial part of dance that would be really. Huh, I want to choreograph Hans Zimmer's tour. Oh my god! I was gonna. I keep on thinking of him. He. I love. I love love listening to him. I could choreograph that whole man's tour. He doesn't even know I exist, and no, I could let choreograph me get your that coffee. whole. Just, I need to put yeah. myself on a higher level. But no, seriously, like, let me get your coffee when that happens. The piece yeah. must be magical, or period. Let me be of service. Okay. No, what's the last like funny thing that you saw? Like, what's mm. the last time you had a belly laugh? A belly laugh? Oh yeah. my god! I, I always have belly laughs with my friends. Uh, I'm trying to think of something I watched that gave me a yeah. belly laugh. Oh, what did I watch that had a, gave me a belly laugh? I know it's comedy. It's too stuff. much. Unless it's you... too much. I, I mean, I laugh at. I laugh at. I just laugh at sit, like people. Sometimes, like I see something on the street and I'll be like, "What the heck?" Instagram people always send me weird stuff. I just say Instagram clips. People always send me weird stuff. There's this one thing where they play like this breakdance music. I think today. I would say maybe I had a good, it wasn't a belly laugh, but I had a good laugh. Someone sent me a video of like this guy and this girl in a parking lot breakdancing, but they were, it was horrible. It was trash. It was, bad. it was bad, but they put the like the b-boy music over like they do, 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 do. I was like, oh my God. Snoop Dogg posted. I was like, he's out of control. Oh, um, I'll say this. I watched that vampire movie with Snoop Dogg in it. Oh. He always makes me laugh. And he like, okay. no, this spoiler alert, guys. Do you see it? Okay. No, I... I saw the trailer. I wasn't feeling it. Uh, something happened. Oh, at the end, he like he gets bit by a vampire, and then at the end, he like, you know how at the end, someone magically survives. Yeah. He just magically survives or like goes out smoking. I was like, bro, this is oh, trash. <laughs> this is this is funny and trashy, but I love it. I love it. It's stupid. I love it. <laughs> Outside of what we've discussed today, oh no, my big question: What's something you want to be remembered for? It's two hundred years from now. Hmm. What's a legacy you want to leave? That's actually something I say a lot is that I'm trying to leave something for the kid a thousand years from now to three thousand years when he watches it. But I see a kid I have this this look five thousand years from now, this kid on a spaceship. He's in a space station and he's going through the logs of like humanity and he like logs like our year, right? Two thousands, whatever. And he's like, this is like a very volatile time in human history. He clicks it pops it out and there's like little archives and say he's a dancer and he clicks dance and then he sees oh freedom that's a funny name right and he clicks it and he opens it and i hope that i leave for that kid a mental real estate right something that is just in his body right so even he doesn't even know that he does it something that i gave to the world with physically or mentally that as it's like how we say uh you ever heard, this is actually a racist term. You know how we say no can do? Yeah. That's actually a racist term. Like, that's like uh, people used to make fun of Asian people and they say no can do because that's how they would say I can't do that. Oh, and someone say no can do. Like, that's actually a racist term, right? But we don't even know that we're saying it, right? right. And so, like, there's so many things within our body that we could do to offend someone or we can make someone's day that we don't even know is is in us, right? Yeah. And so what I want to do is leave something, not necessarily positive, but I want to leave something truthful that when people do it, they know. Like, like when you do this, you automatically know. Salute. Like, salute, right? Yeah. When you do this, it's like black power, right? You know, 
when you do uh, when you do this and you go in for a hug, people know, oh, right. There's all these different things that are about it. I want to leave something like that so that when people do it, they just don't even know where they got it from. They just do it. So that's beautiful. And then yeah. outside of what we discussed today, what do you have coming up? How can people support the journey? Uh, where can they see you? Uh, donate. If you want to donate to to my next work, I'll be doing grant work. So I'll be doing more art pieces. But Los Angeles, just keep ahead for Los Angeles. And I'll have some crazy ideas coming. But Waco Theater in Los Angeles and then whatever weird stuff God has for me. Oh, and San Francisco International Hip Hop Dance Festival. I'll be performing there as well. But I guarantee there's going to be some crazy artwork that I'm going to do before Los Angeles. So anything in the vein of Los Angeles. And if you want me to come to your community or to your people anywhere across the world here, I love to speak to a community and highlight their culture as well. It's a big love of mine as well. So. Oh, my God. That's so beautiful. The world needs it. I see a bunch of residencies in your future. Hey, I'm here creating for installations across the world. How can people mm-hmm. follow you? Connect with people you. Follow do, 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 on my Instagram. Instagram, <laughs> Instagram yeah. at the Freedom T H E F R I I D O M or on my website thefreedom.com. The reason why it says the Freedom is because someone has freedom somewhere in the world with F R I I D O M, but they don't even use the platform. Oh, just like Dance Speak on Instagram. Yeah, it's like you don't even use it, and it's not even a person thing. <laughs> it's just someone just made something, and it's just. And I try, you know, so the day I get extremely famous, I could be like, give me that profile, please. So that I can start saying the freedom. I, <laughs> I just want to say freedom, but hey. That's so dope. Thank you so much for the time, for the passion, yeah, for everything no you're problem. doing. Also for the community. Thank too. you. Thank you for listening to the episode. If you're not following us on IG, be sure to do so at Dance Speak Podcast. And my own IG is at Gogalit, G-O-G-A-L-I-T. I share fit tips and motivation and like what I'm doing in life and dance stuff and all this wonderfulness, if I may say so myself. Also, if you are interested on the on in the on-demand workout videos that's tough isn't it go to my website gogalit.com that's g-o-g-a-l-i-t.com click on online fitness course it's right under fifty dollars you get over 10 workouts and you can repeat them i break down proper form i do the workouts with you in the videos i'm telling you you will be grateful for investing in yourself or gift it to a friend yeah i guess that's it um other ways to support you can rate and review us on spotify or apple Podcasts. share this with your dance folks or anyone you know that loves dance or is interested in entrepreneurship because i feel like this episode does speak to that investing in your dreams oh I love that. I love that term. Share with your studio communities. We are all connected. And you can always drop a line to our IG at Dance Speak Podcast. We are like actually here. Um, and I guess if you're still listening, hmm, if you're located in LA, I have a free weekly dance class every Wednesday, 6 p.m. at Fusion Force. It's intro level hip hop. And we do mostly grooves, break a sweat, have a great time. It's a sponsored class. So it's a free class. If you're interested in getting the link so you can sign up, go to my IG, DM me at gogalit, G-O-G-A-L-I-T. And then I'm periodically teaching at T Millie. Um, see you next time. New episode in two weeks. And you're amazing.